Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 187 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse Bridezilla Wilson. Bridezilla? <clears throat> yeah, I've been watching this new show that I'm pretty into called um, Marriage Boot Camp Bridezillas. <laughs> nice. So it's like uh, the former stars of the show Bridezilla are now in this boot camp trying to save their weddings or their marriages. Because they're, they're so their marriages didn't make it. Uh, well, they're still currently married, but um, okay. they're, they're on shaky ground. Oh, what channel is this on? On channel Netflix. <laughs> it sounds like a TLC show. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it originally aired on. I definitely wouldn't watch it with uh, commercial breaks. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't watch it if I, <laughs> if I had to put in any more effort than hitting Netflix right. play. It's funny watching shows, though, that are so obviously just uh, formulated to funnel viewership oh, yeah. into commercials. Oh, yeah. Like the, At, the pseudo cliffhangers. Right. Yeah. But then watching those without commercials, and it's just like, oh, well, that was resolved instantly. <laughs> that was yeah, I actually get a little uh, I get a little annoyed when I'm watching a TV show and they have a really bad cliffhanger into the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be like, okay, guess I don't need to watch that. <laughs> Didn't do it for me, com- Bridezilla two, whatever it is. <laughs> Divorcezillas. Yeah. Oh man, what are you drinking this week, buddy? I'm drinking a uh, Jovila. Uh, Belgian style Abbey quad from Sierra Nevada. That's actually a collaboration wow. with a uh, with a Abbey uh, brewing monks. Uh, I'm guessing in Belgium. It's really nice. Wow. I picked it up at the local bottle shop here. It wasn't too expensive. It's got uh, it, it's sweet, but like not overly heavy bodied, and it's mm-hmm. got nice uh, spiciness from hopping and. Uh, esters so pretty cool yeast flavors coming through it's really dark and uh, it's got a lot of nice small character nice yeah yeah i'm drinking ginger ale because mm. i overdid it this weekend all too Mm-mm. much i think you underdid <laughs> it yeah i think i had the worst hangover of my life this weekend yeah it was Let's hear about that well, I, you know i went out with uh one, one of my good buddies uh, who plays on my softball team he's moving away so I tried to get the whole crew together to uh, go out and have a have a good time down in Ballard here, uh, and uh, but only him and I showed up. So <laughs> so we went to six bars over six hours, and then came home. And you know, usually I can handle a night like that, but I think what did it is that when I got home, instead of drinking a whole glass of water, which would have been the smart move. I ate a whole can of black olives, <laughs> and I think that the sodium content in there completely dehydrated my entire body yeah. to the point where I couldn't keep food down the next day. But uh, yeah, that's not a good move. It's it's a bad move. I you shouldn't drink the. Uh, I've never actually done this, but I guess like like what's that? What's that like milky stuff that old people drink? Uh, like Ensure or something? Oh, yeah, like Ensure, yeah. That's like loaded up with nutrients uh-huh. to keep you from like breaking <laughs> hip or whatever. That's supposed to be good for hangovers. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to keep it down, though. 
I could not keep anything down. I like woke up at nine. I couldn't keep anything down, so I just went back to sleep at t- noon. And yeah, I think you got to do that before. Yeah, uh, before you go to sleep, it's got to be a preemptive strike. But then I woke up at four, feeling re- pretty good, and then went to a cask beer fest and then poured cask beer with you guys. Yeah, exactly. Which you was need fun. a little hair of the dog. Yeah, and then I had a hot dog there, and then I felt great after that a hot dog. Hot of the dog. A little hot of the dog. But yeah, Cask Beer Fest was super fun. Lots yeah, of good beers. Yeah, I had a good time. There's a lot of great beer there. It's easily the uh, best festival that I've been to. <laughs> of both. Of both, yeah. But it, it's like, it, you get like the best value for your money. Like you say, like all of the proceeds go to, what is it, like the Washington beer? Beer League. The Washington Beer League. So, uh, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And you get And you get like so much beer, like a lot of beer... Uh, festivals you get like tokens that you spend yeah. on beer here you can get just drink as much beer as you want yeah the when you get like five tokens you burn through that so fast and mm-hmm. then you feel kind of robbed because you already paid like a big ticket price right. to get in the front door and then you're buying extra tokens exactly whereas cast beer fest is a little wild because mm-hmm. they give you a sheet <laughs> with 25 like boxes to fill out yeah so the twenty-five boxes of three-ounce pours is seventy-five ounces of beer, <laughs> which is a ton. And then even if you fill it up, they're like, "Yeah, you could just bring it in and get a new sheet of paper." Yeah, this and like none of the brewers it. really enforce right that. So yeah, it's it's it, it, you you can drink a lot of beer there. It's the and like there were some people who may, who were like challenge accepted. And yeah. they were going around, and they because you get their cards, and they were like trying to make sure all the dots were filled out. Uh, yeah, those are heroes. You see the plethora of uh, of the drunkards because you get the people who are sloppies, and then yeah. there's like the sneakies that like come up, and you're like, oh, like this guy is acting very normal, and then he like can't do his card. And he's on beer twenty three. Right. It was- the ones the the only ones I don't like are like the guys that try and get beer after last call. Yeah, those guys are crazy, because you legally cannot yeah, serve like, beer. Like, you get yeah. a li- liquor license for just that certain amount of time, right? So you, yeah, you it's for the four up. hours, yeah. so you can't pour early or pour late. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to. Right. It's done. It's done. It's yeah. over. Just a little bit more, man. Yeah, it's, it was amazing. Like, after the first session, mm-hmm. I'd taken all the, uh, the faucets out of the Golden Gate kegs, and... Um, I was sitting on a chair, uh, like, behind the table where we're serving from, but, like, as far back as possible, and it was just, like, a normal low chair, not a stool or anything, and I was eating a sandwich. I have both hands full of sandwich and mouth full of sandwich, and (laughs) there's still guys trying to be, like, like, waving their glass at me, I'm like, no! (laughs) Beer's over, man. 15 minutes after we stopped, and I'm eating my lunch. Right. No. Yeah. Oh, I, it was a fun event though, and like, and another thing that I loved about it is there was no live music. Like, yeah, you don't I, have to have like that's, pounding I was music. About that. I was like, this this festival's great, but it really needs a a jam band playing mm-hmm. deafeningly. Deafening music. I need more screaming. I need to whenever yeah. I have a conversation with somebody, I just need to scream at them if I'm in a beer. I want to be shouting all night. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> if I I don't feel like I've been to a beer festival unless my ears are ringing the next day. So anyway, ears were ringing that night. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Cask Beer Fest, pretty good fest, and pretty good time, Jesse. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you inviting me out there for that. That was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we got some listener feedback this week. Let's get to it. Uh, we got uh, a bunch of emails, a bunch of Gmails people sent in to us. First one comes to us from Malcolm. Malcolm says, uh, hey, guys, love the podcast. Been listening for quite a while. First time writing in. Y'all are talking about the most anticipated movies for the summer, and Eric mentioned Godzilla. Me and a couple buddies were discussing the other day that we have grown crazy, a crazy love for these monster movies. I think this comes from our inner child, uh, the same one that tells me to watch Pokemon on Netflix. Anyway, I was wondering if you have seen uh, Pacific Rim or Cloverfield and what you thought. Also, I'd love to hear what you all... uh or what you all think, he says y'all, it's very hard for me to read, what y'all think are some of the best monster movies and what aspects make up some great monster movies. Thanks. Uh, I actually really like both of those movies. I like Cloverfield a lot, and I like Pacific Rim a lot. And Cloverfield I really liked, and they did like a great viral marketing campaign for it. It was like one of the first like big viral marketing movies. So I got super into the viral marketing, and then... uh did did you come with me to see that? I feel like I saw that with like you guys. Uh, it wasn't me. I saw it at Cinerama, which I uh, wasn't living in Seattle at the time. So um, maybe Jordy. Yeah, maybe Jordy and Levi. But uh, but yeah, I like both of those movies, and I think the main key for a monster movie is to not have a lot of the monster. Like keep mm, the monster. Less is more. Yeah, you have the Jaws effect. You know, keep the monster out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I like that. Do you have any monster movies that you like? Uh, I like Tremors a lot. Oh yeah, and you know, so, there you go. And, you know, I, we, I can't. We, sorry, tell, is, that, is that less is more? Um, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I think it's just low budget, but that's not always <laughs> a bad thing. Um, up next we got an email from D uh, from Australia. She's got a she's got a big question for us. She says, "Guys, I have a really important question that's been bugging me forever. When Americans talk about having coffee with cream, do they mean literal cream, as in the kind we in Australia would whip and spread between two layers of cake? And if not, what is the difference? I figure Jesse would be able to answer this because he would be aware of whether our version of cream is different from your version of cream. In Australia, we have coffee with just milk, uh, just regular milk that you pour on cereal. Also, what is half and half, and what is non dairy creamer?" Please enlighten me so that I can move on from being constantly bugged by some others by some other uh, of life's big questions. So, yeah, cream. I'm not really the guy to ask. I think you would probably know more. Yeah, well, cream. You know, cream and coffee. Usually, when you're in the U.S., you're talking about half and half when you're talking about cream. Right. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. And half and half is just half milk and half cream. So there's basically like four different types of cream that you can buy at the store. You have light cream, heavy cream. Uh, whipping cream and then heavy whipping cream, and usually the half and half is like milk and light cream, mm. uh, which is like twelve and a half percent milk fat. So anyway, so it's just extra fatty. Yeah, but milk, it's not whipped basically. cream. Although some people do put whipped cream in their coffee, but we don't put whipped cream in our coffee. We usually put half and half, and then non dairy creamer is just powdered milk. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all it is. Wait, powdered milk is non dairy. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, or the non-dairy creamer version of it is. Mm. But yeah, if it's powdered cream, then it's non-dairy creamer. Yeah, I've drank a lot of coffee in America and a lot of coffee in Australia, but I have ne- I don't put cream in my coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I usually so, drink it black now. I take it black. Um, the one time I will, I'll use cream in my coffee, I guess, when I get bank coffee. Because uh-huh. my bank's coffee is disgusting. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's I mean, so gross. The worse the coffee, the more cream you put in. Yeah, it. exactly. It's really just a mechanism for covering up the disgusting coffee. Yeah, and and it's like I always go to the bank late a day, like late in the day, like four thirty or. Dude, you that know, coffee's uh, been sitting there forever. Exactly, it's been sitting there forever, so it's just like kind of warm. It's not oh. hot, and I frequently get the last, the last pumps oh, no. out of the pump thing, Dude. and it makes it like sharts up like my hand <laughs> because like it just blasts out like coffee shart all over my cup and hand and nice. like all over the counter. Uh huh. So yeah. That's, why that's are you? Why are you doing that to yourself? Why do you need? First of all, why do you need coffee at four p.m.? Because I've been working all day and I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'll get home all jazzed up. <laughs> and that coffee is probably like twelve hours old. I drink okay, so like I drink a lot of beer, mm-hmm. but I am super addicted to caffeine. Yeah. I am a wild, wild caffeine addict. I drink like two or three cups before I leave the house. I drink like two or three cups at work, uh-huh. and then, like if I see free coffee, I can't pass it up. <laughs> you got a problem, man. I, I do. It's, it's true. You're if I get stop drinking coffee, stuff. like if if I go over forty eight hours, I crash so hard. <laughs> oh no! I have to drink coffee every day to mean to not go through withdrawals. And like today, <laughs> I realized I got home or I got to my parents' house, and I was like. I haven't had any coffee at all today. Holy crap, I'm going to come down so hard if I don't get some. It's like... <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm hooked bad. So you're just, like, constantly evening yourself out on caffeine and alcohol? Yeah, the Wilson Dozen. <laughs> Great. Six cups of coffee and six beers a day is what I call it. Great job. Maybe 13. It's like a baker's dozen. You get, yeah. You get an extra one either way. Sometimes... Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, you get to choose as a going to be a beer day or a coffee day. There you go. Uh, We got an email from James Patterson, but that's actually going to be one of our topics. And then uh, Chris Patterson, I wonder if there's a uh, a relation here. But Chris, uh, he's the guy who uh, wrote us a while ago and asked us about moving to Seattle. Well, he did it. Uh, He said uh, he's been here for a little over a week and loving it. So green, mild, the trees, the lakes, the outdoors, places to explore are amazing. After coming from an ugly, dry desert... It might not be hard to impress me, but I like to think that I have high standards. Uh, the one thing, uh, the one great thing about this place, the craft beers, they are everywhere, even in Walmart and Target. Right, Aids? Love it. We are <laughs> living in the Bothell Mill Creek area and have been out exploring before I begin my new job next week, but I have had one problem. I've been unable to listen to you guys for the past month or, or so with all the hubbub. I look forward to getting caught up and seeing What's been going on? Oh, and the other problem is I'm unsure where to get my geek on at. I would, uh, I used to enjoy playing the game Magic with a couple friends back home. Any suggestions on this? Me and my son are planning on attending the first, our first Mariners game early in April for my birthday. I'm a huge baseball fan. I've already drafted King Felix in my fantasy draft and you plan or do you plan on getting fantasy baseball draft together this year? I'm not going to put it together. Uh, if somebody wants to take like the Roger Dotsie initiative and put together a fantasy baseball team, I'll join it, but I'm not going to commission a fantasy baseball team. But, dude, uh, where do you get your geek on in Seattle? I mean, you're over on the east side, so I would look for things happening in Bellevue. There is going to be a Card Kingdom opening in Bellevue, so you should probably check that out. I know um, there's, there's like... Uh an uncle's games in uh oh yeah there's one in bellevue and one in redmond mm-hmm. 
the I used to work at those. They're pretty solid. Uh, yeah. For- Source Toy Store, and they do a lot of events. Uncle's Games, I think it's at Crossroads Mall. In yeah, Crossroads Redmond. Mall. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you come into Seattle, go to Car Kingdom. That's like the best place in the world. In the world. All right. Well, that's our listener feedback this week. If you want to get in touch with us, guys, you can give us a call at 360-362-0024 and leave us a voicemail there. Or you can write us personalarrogance at gmail.com. Jesse, let's get to the roll-off. What do you say? Yeah, let's. let's do it. Uh, so we're just going to roll 20 sided dice, see who gets to talk first on the podcast this week. And I rolled an 11. Oh, rolled a 20, baby. King of the cast. Ooh. I think this breaks a losing streak for me, so I'm loving it. Nice. Um, so I think we should start this off with a bang, and we're going to start it off with a little bracket challenge. Bracket, bracket challenge. challenge. Uh, <laughs> so I mentioned this earlier. James, you know... James Patterson, he's the guy who put together our Jesse bracket uh, a few weeks ago. and Or, I'm sorry, the, our Wilson bracket a couple weeks ago. And uh, last week he wrote us, said, I can't really put together a Walquist bracket because there aren't enough Walquists. But I can put together an Eric bracket. And at first we said, well, Eric the Red automatically wins. But he put together a pretty good Eric bracket with a pretty good... uh quarterfinal matchup or semifinal matchup for 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 eric the red so i think we run through this man you ready yeah i'm excited this is the eric bracket okay so starting off eric personal arrogance from eric or eric decker from the nfl formerly of the denver broncos currently of the new york jets i think i win that one i'm taking it hmm all right because only win only winners win and uh, couldn't make it. Couldn't make it in the Super Bowl, bro. Ed. Plus your initials are Ed, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, up next, we got Eric Foreman from that '70s show versus Eric Foreman from House MD. I didn't watch a lot of House MD, so I'm I'm going with '70s show. You okay yeah, with it's got to be that '70s show. Love that. Okay, up next, although we got- although he did go by his last name there for most of the show. It's true. Like most of the characters did. And he's not doing much for Eric's by going by Foreman. That's true. But I, maybe the Eric Foreman from House MD did the same thing. What if he's Dr. Foreman the whole time? I, I don't know. I haven't, I'm not familiar with this character, so I'm, I still think 70 Show. Yeah, 70 Show. We'll give it to that one. Up next, we got Eric Clapton versus Eric Easy e Wright from NWA. <laughs> Again, I think the... Uh... The going incognito. What's the word I'm looking yeah, for? I think so. Nom de plume the or whatever. De plume. Yeah. So I I I think Eric Clapton, yep. guitar legend. Doing more for Eric's, I think, than Easy E. Although Easy right. E's really cool, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, totally. But I mean if Wilson 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 won. Mm-hmm. That's true. He really <laughs> think, Wilsoned it out. I think Eric should be at least included when you when you think of the guy. <laughs> it's a good idea. Okay, up next we got Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid versus Eric Idle from Monty Python. This one's a little tough for me because I feel like, you know, Little Mermaid came out, that was like one of my formative Disney movies. You know, it kind of, it was it was the, it was the kickoff to that Disney musical resurgence of uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. And so Prince Eric was like kind of the first time that I realized that there were other people named Eric in the world. 
Oh yeah. So, so that's a formative Eric. Although Eric, I don't Monty Python, super classic. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let you pick this one, man. Mike got saying Eric Idle. All right, that's fine. And that and that, he he uh, he wrestled uh, Billy Idle's stranglehold on the last name Idle away. That's true. Although so. it is spelled differently. Don't care. <laughs> Eric Idle's like idling a car, and then uh, you know Billy Idle is. Uh... What did I just say? <laughs> I like this though because it it it, it's, it uh, sets up a, an all British Eric matchup for the next one. Okay, up next we got Eric Draven, uh, who who is the crow, and then we got Eric from the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I'm gonna give this one to the Phantom of the Opera. Sure, yeah, that one's kind of a wash for me. That one's a wash. I think it's a it's a light matchup. But uh, up next we got Eric Cartman. Pretty good. Eric Cartman versus Eric Lesnar, a- a- a.k.a. Magneto. So this is a tough so, Yeah, battle. and here we got, like, Eric Cartman goes by Cartman. What's with that's you, true. Eric's? I know. You're ashamed of your first name so bad. Well, that's like uh, Harry Houdini's name was Eric. And, really? Yeah, and when he was a kid, he, people called him Airy for short, which is oh. really dumb because it's still two syllables. And then so Airy turned into Harry Houdini, but his real name's Eric. Harry Houdini is a better name, though. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, yeah, this is a tough one. Eric Cartman versus Eric Lesnar, a.k.a. Magneto. Um, I mean, that's pretty sweet. And in the in the Days of Future Past, they actually call each other, like... That's true. By their real names, not yeah. just their X-Men names. I'm going to give it to Magneto, just because he's a badass. He's my favorite comic book villain. Yeah. Possibly my favorite villain ever out of anything. Yeah, he's pretty badass. Um, up next, we got Leif Erikson versus Eric Erikson, who is a social psychologist. The theory of psychosocial development is E squared. Uh, I'm going to go with Leif. Yeah, I got to give it to Leif, though. I do love the Eric Erikson. Eric Erikson's a great, yeah, it's a great combo. You, you, I always, you always got to hand it to the parents who do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like John Johnson. Yeah, I have an uncle, William Wilson. That's close. It's close. But Wilson Wilson would be better. Yeah, he goes obviously. by Bill. Bill Bill Wilson. Yeah, that'd yeah. be like that's like if I name my kid Wally Walquist. <laughs> that's bad. Wally's not like a real name though. Like Walter Walquist, Walt Walquist. Yeah. Then, then he has the option of going by Wally Walquist. It's true. Uh, and then finally, we've got Eric the Red versus Showtime Eric Young wrestler TV off the hook extreme catches. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think we got uh, think Eric we got the Red. Red. Uh, but I do like this matchup. Okay, so now we are in the uh, semifinals. So we got me versus Eric Foreman from that 70s show. I think I'm going to give this to Eric Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we got Eric Clapton versus Eric Idle. <sighs> That's tough. I'm going to go with Eric Clapton here. I am too. I think that he did more for the name Eric because he's more well known than Eric Idle. Yeah. Like, to a wider swath of people. Yeah, that's a tough one, but yeah. Is Eric Clapton British? Yes. So it's a battle of the Brits there. Battle of the Brits, yeah. Seems so they, like those guys could be friends. Maybe. Uh, up next, we got Eric from the Phantom of the Opera versus Magneto. I think Magneto wins that one. <laughs> in a landslide. And then this is the this is the crazy one here. Leif Erickson versus Eric the Red. Right. That's a, that's really tough. It's really tough, but I think you got to give it to Eric the Red because 
Leif Erikson, he's not even Eric. His dad was Eric. And that's why his last name was Erikson. Yeah, that's true. Leif. Okay, I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like Eric, that logic. Yeah, I mean, Eric is a real Eric. <laughs> All right, now we got the... Uh, the, the uh, oh, okay, so now we got Eric from that 70s show, Eric Foreman versus Eric Clapton. Sorry. This is, this is for the finals. I'm thinking to give it to Eric Clapton. I feel like the top. Uh, yeah. I think the top of the bracket. Is that, is, that, is your daughter okay? Yeah, she's fine. She's just being a goofball is right now. She's turning into a monster of some kind. Uh, and then we got Eric the Red versus Magneto. What do you think, man? I think I think Eric the Red's got to win this one. Okay. All right. I just I just have a hard time passing someone through who has a pseudonym. That's true. It's tough. It's it's a crutch. It's it's something that you it's hard to get over in this bracket. I wonder what Eric the Red's last name was. Uh the Red? <laughs> I don't know. I heard he was communist. Um all right, so that means the finals here are Eric Clapton versus Eric the Red for the finals. We're going to post this on Facebook and then in the next show we will reveal who you choose as the greatest Eric of all time, Eric Clapton versus Eric the Red. All right. Well, that's a great bracket. If there was only other brackets going on right now, I love brackets. <laughs> My bracket got busted. Yeah. Who did you have uh, going to the finals? Wichita. Oh, I got. I had Kansas, so they're out too. I had Kansas going all the way. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do March Madness anymore. Well, it's just a toss-up. Like, it's just a fun thing. Like, I, I, I'm I, never serious about it. I don't. One, I don't find it fun. Yeah. Two, I don't care about college basketball. Well, and three, I'd rather just keep the ten bucks. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were paying for it. I'm just doing the yeah, first layer gets bracket. It, it's a ten dollar buy-in. Yeah, yeah, that's rough, dude. So I'm just throwing money away by doing by participating. Yeah, that, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I just like it because it like gives me some interest in the games. It gives me somebody to root for. When it's like, you know, Wichita State versus um, Dayton, I like I don't even know. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little behind in my college uh, basketball because football took over my lifetime. All right, Jesse, what's your first topic? Uh, well, I want to talk about some technology. Okay. Technology. So, um, Google decided to. Uh, post a list of the uh, top 10 myths about Google uh, Google Glass, because mm. I guess they're getting frustrated. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> they posted this on their Google Plus page on March 20th, uh, and I thought we could go through the 10 things yeah. that they uh, decided to list as myths, and then we get to be the real Mythbusters. I love it. So you know, it's interesting because Google's whole motto is "Don't be evil," right? But they're kind of getting evil. <laughs> I feel so? like you, you would you would only adopt that model if you were like becoming evil. True, that's like Darth Vader's <laughs> motto too. Yeah, it is. It actually is. It's printed on this backside of the Death Star. You don't see that part, <laughs> but it's in giant letters on the backside. Uh huh. It's actually more of a bumper sticker. Yeah, it really is. It covered up like. 200 workers windows <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're probably 
I mean, the view from the Death Star. Awesome view. That's not a bad office. No, not at all. (laughs) That's pretty sweet. Although it's interesting to think about how many times an hour that thing would be pelted with meteorites. (laughs) Be like, just constantly, like... (laughs) Is it? I I mean, I I don't know. Space is that yeah, populated. There's, well, there's like micro meteorites, right? And space junk, and then they're like flying it around like it's a ship, you know? Yeah. What What's worse is the uh, Death Star two when you uh, every now and then a dead Death Star one employee <laughs> oh, like God. smears up against your window. <laughs> oh man, we shouldn't have gone back. <laughs> Yeah, not to mention you're blowing up planets. Like, remember Alderaan? When they get back to Alderaan, it's like just a huge mess of meteorites. That's true. And then, like, you've seen the moon, right? The moon is covered in craters. We've been around a while. That's true. They probably have, like, uh, targeting lasers that'll shoot any asteroid. Well, they have a force field. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, it is no moon. Yeah, exactly. Your moon (laughs) comparison is pretty weak. We've already established. Debunked. <laughs> All right, so let's go on with the Google Glass. Okay, uh, myth one. Glass is the ultimate distraction from the real world. Hmm. Uh, they're arguing that uh, you're using this instead of looking at your computer or phone or tablet. Okay. So uh, at least like having you know this information pop up in front of your face on the glass is better than being distracted by being on your iPod, I guess. Yeah, but... I you have to, I would have to assume that I would be on my iPod a lot more if it were glued to my face <laughs> at all times. Right. Like I could put it in my pocket and then it's a pretty good way to get it out of sight. But the Google Glass doesn't really have that option. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's that's surgically true. implanted that's... under your brain. I'm sure that that's been covered in this top 10 as well, right? Right. Uh so myth number 2 is glass is always on and recording everything. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which is just patently not true. Patently not true. Not enough hard drive space. Uh, So, myth number three is glass explorers are technology-worshipping geeks. (laughs) Totally true. Uh, A little bit. If you have Google Uh, Glass, every time I see... Have you seen somebody in the wild with Google Glass? No. I live in Port Townsend, man. Yeah, being in Seattle, every once in a while they'll pop up, and I just can't imagine... Like, I just don't get it, man. (laughs) I don't get it, because it's not, like, inconspicuous. Right. It's like, oh, look at that. Oh, that's a giant thing on his glasses. I don't get why, like, you can watch a president, uh, like, deliver a speech, and Uh he's got, like, a teleprompter, and you can't freaking see the teleprompter, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those, like, flat panel, see-through teleprompter things? Right. Well, because they're projectors, so they project onto the glass. Yeah, but something's like holding the glass up. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> They're so, understand. <laughs> Google says our explore. <laughs> this one threw me for a loop a little bit. Our explorers come from all walks of life. They include parents, firefighters, zookeepers, brewmasters, uh-huh. film students, reporters, and doctors. All of whom were tech worshiping geeks. <laughs> <laughs> those 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 aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, I just I just saw brewmasters on there. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, uh, sure. There's two. I find them. that very hard to believe for a couple reasons. Uh-huh. One, I wear safety glasses all the time at work, mm. so like, uh, <laughs> I don't think that Google Glass exactly right works great with my safety G's. Uh-huh. Plus, uh, the one time I'll 
definitely be taking my safety glasses off is when I'm around any form of steam. <laughs> yeah. Because it just steams up and blocks my vision. Love it. So, Plus, you know, uh, when yeah, you're working with... I don't know about that. I've yeah. yet to meet a uh, brewmaster wearing Google Glass. So myth number four is glass, glass is ready for prime time. <laughs> and they're basically just saying that it's still definitely in the development phase. That is such a weird myth, dude. It's ready for prime time. What you Every- I thought it was ready for prime time. Everyone's going to go to Target and get this yeah, bad boy. Deion Sanders is wearing it, apparently. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, his nickname's prime time. Uh, yeah, Got I, I did not get that one. Uh, <laughs> bit five, Glass does uh, facial recognition and other dodgy things. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like how they're saying that facial recognition is dodgy. I think I feel like that's like a hit on Facebook. Uh, like probably. Facebook does it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a burn. That's one thing I would actually like it to do though, because I I suck oh, yeah. at names. No, totally. I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah, virtual name tag. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Miss Six class covers your eyes. Uh huh. So they're saying no. I guess it like. It's up and to the right or something of your right eye, or it's above your right eye, not in front of it. Right, but it's still blocking your vision. <laughs> Partially, Eric. <laughs> I don't like. That's the dumbest thing ever. Like it is in front of your eye from that angle. <laughs> yeah, like your eyes uh, have like a pretty wide range. Anyway, right. Glass is a perfect surveillance device. Uh huh. Um, yay or nay? I'm gonna say. I don't think so because uh, you can freaking obviously tell. <laughs> Like that's that's not James Bond, right? He has like cameras hidden in pens and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, maybe the Google Pen. Then perfect. Um, glasses only uh, for those privileged enough to afford it. <laughs> uh huh. What I do think they say that, about that? I think that might be true. I think that's completely true. <laughs> but guys, we give it away to certain burned. people, like brewmasters, because they won't pay for it. <laughs> I'm not buying it. There's no way they're going to pay for it, so we have to give it to them. Myth nine glasses banned everywhere, <laughs> which I don't think would be constitutional. Well, there are. It's interesting because you know there are. It's there's a lot of states where you can't film somebody without them knowing. Right. Washington being one of those states. That's why when you walk into a convenience store, they have a security camera. They put the TV up there so you can see yourself walk in. And then Is that why they do that? Yeah. And then it's them saying, by the way, you're on camera, guys. I've never thought, I've never actually thought about that. Yeah. That's why they have that camera there. I always look at it because I like to check myself out when I'm walking yeah, the store. Yeah, me too. God, I'm so vain that I never <laughs> have stopped to think like, why would they show, why do I need to see myself? Yeah, they do, They just do it for your own viewing pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, look, where do I have to look to be looking at, at the screen? Oh, yeah. man, I can't actually see myself on the screen when I look at the camera because that's over there and that's over Oh. Anyways, my turn to go to the bank teller. I need more coffee. It, that's actually one of the, my pet peeves, and it's it's the, it's a really dumb pet peeve. But when I go to the Mariners games, and people get on the jumbotron, and then they look at themselves on the jumbotron, and then they start waving. Uh, it's why? Like, because they're not looking at the ca- like if they they should look at the camera. They shouldn't look at the jumbotron. Oh, 
Because then you look weird. It's just a bunch of people looking off into like the distance. Right. Yeah, they're waving to uh, like a yeah. forty-five degree. They're angle. waving to themselves on the TV when the camera's like over here. It's a dumb right. pet peeve, but it's a pet peeve. What would you do? I'm sure you've thought about this. Oh, I've been on the JT before. Really? Oh yeah. Um, Justin Timberlake or Jonathan Taylor? Both. Thomas. Um. <laughs> Uh no, I've I've been on it before. I just I wave at the camera. I look at the camera and then wave at it. Huh. It's not that tough. Really? Yeah, well I, I never How many got times on it. has this happened? Uh I've been on it like three times, but I it never what? happened before uh before I met Lydia. Cause like her and Annika when they, my sister, when they go to the games with us, they dance and then so we always get on the Jumbotron. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're not just like sitting there. No, 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 no. I they I have no reason to be put on the jumbotron. That's pretty crazy though. Yeah. To get on the jumbotron. Well, I thought I that I might get on the jumbotron when I won the T-shirt contest and they gave away my T-shirt at the game. Oh, that's right. But no jumbotron for me. What? Wait, they did it? No. They couldn't have just been like, "This is the guy yeah. who made your T-shirt." This guy made the shirts. What did you give for that? You got like. Sweet ticks. Yeah, I got really nice seats. I got like the best seats. Like I got like third row seats right behind mm-hmm. the dugout, and then I got to go on the field for batting practice, and then I got like a goodie bag full of swag. That's so crazy. It was really fun, and I caught a ball. It was like the best day of my life. Coincidentally, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, uh, well, when you're when you're um, sitting that close, like when they do foul balls, the first base coach will pick up the ball and then throw it in the stands. All oh, right. So he like picked it up. And then as soon as he picked it up, I just stood up and put my glove up, and he just threw it to me. Mm. Or was he like, that guy makes a sweet shirt? That guy, yeah. The, I'm sure the first base coach for the Red Sox uh, was really he was wearing into the that. shirt. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, great shirt, bro. Great shirt. Love Let me sign this ball. Says, great shirt, bro. Yeah, love this Mariners shirt, man. <laughs> it's really good. Go, go Sox. Anyway. Uh, myth number ten is glass marks the end of privacy. Uh, oh no, it's already done. <laughs> <laughs> Already That's done. actually what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they said? did that for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, myths, a uh, couple confirmed, a couple busted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we busted most job. of them. A couple plausibles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now I can take off my beret and my walrus mustache. Mm, yeah. Bloody's going to be very happy that I can shave this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's more of like a... It's not what a would you, like a safari sort of. Yeah, it's a leather safari hat. It's kind of like a like right. it's a nerd cap. Anywho, uh, <laughs> we should move on to a break. Let's do it. Let's do some trivia. Uh, doing some uh, trivial pursuit here. Um, genus one, and I'm going to be rolling a six sided dice. See which category we can do this week. It's a three again. How many times have we done history in a row here? Uh, this will be three in a row, I think. So I re-rolled it, and then I rolled a three. Let's just do history. All right. The Trivial Pursuit gods are beckoning to us. All right. Um, so we're going to be doing history. Uh, and here we go, Jesse. This question is for you. Uh, what Oscar... Oh, sorry. Uh, what ocean liner burned and sank in Hong Kong Harbor? Uh, that would be the Jade Dragon. Jade Dragon. I'm going to go with the Queen Mary. Oh, the Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. I'm pretty sure that's in a James Bond movie. 
Yeah, I've, I've never heard of this. Um, okay, this one's for me. What U.S. Senator gives out the Golden Fleece Awards? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What U.S. Senator gives out the Golden Fleece Awards? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Strom Thurmond. I'll go with Senator Lamb. William Proxmire. Good old Senator Proxmire. Uh, Jesse, this question's for you. What was the headline of the New York Daily Mirror on December 6th, 1933? I think we've had this one before. Okay. But, uh, skip it. Okay, we'll skip it. Uh, Jesse, what did... <laughs> God, I got the, we got the cowpuncher one again. What did cowpunchers do? Here we go. Uh, who betrayed Norway to the Nazis? Oh, God. I don't know his name. Uh, I'll say the Swedes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'll go with uh, Eric the Red. Vidkun Quisling. That's right. Quisling. I've heard about that guy. He's like a capitulationist. Yeah. Classic capitulationist. Um, all right. This one's for me for the win here. What victim of the French Revolution was known as the Widow Capet and the Baker's Wife? I'm going to go with Marie Antoinette. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, Marquis. Marie Antoinette, I got it. Uh, Eric wins everything I this week. I know that from playing guillotine. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, it's funny. They probably called her the Baker's Wife because of the let, let them eat cake comment. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, okay. That means that I win everything, and I'm going to move on to some game news. Here we go. Finish All right. So uh, GDC happened this past week. Jesse, you know what GDC is? Goddamn commies. That's it. It's the Joe McCarthy conference. Um, no, it's the Game Developers Conference. It happened in San Francisco. And it's getting really interesting because there's so many things. Uh, like The industry is shifting so hard toward indie development that... It's just like all all the all the news you're hearing from from GDC is coming from like indie games because you have your big games you have like Infamous Second Son just came out, uh, Titanfall obviously just came out, but like these s- studios are popping up making a game and then fizzling because it's just so damn crazy expensive to make a game. Like mm-hmm. Irrational Games is gone, and like that's Ken Levine's company that made Bioshock Infinite. They're gone. Right, but wasn't that kind of like we're just done? We've done what we want to do. Yeah, but I mean, they're still going to make games. Like, I don't know. Like, they have the infrastructure in place. They have the people. Like, I don't understand. I think it's got to be more than that. Mm-hmm. Than just being like, all right, we're done, guys. I don't know. It's just weird to me. But the uh, the other big news that's coming out, speaking of wearable tech, is VR, man. VR is getting uh, hot and heavy at, uh, <laughs> at GDC. So, first off, you get the Oculus Rift uh, Dev Kit 2 has been released. So uh, that means that anybody now can procure a Oculus Rift Dev Kit Two uh, for a cool three hundred and fifty dollars. Sweet. Um, it's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, Does that come with an Oculus Rift? Yeah. So you get an Oculus Rift for that, and you get the newest version of it that has like much better 
they're saying the latency is a lot better. They figured out a way to do the refresh on the screen so that you don't have any motion blur. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, you're still getting the 3D. Uh, you're getting a, the, a really high-quality OLED screen. Um, and uh, and then they have new motion tracking on there that has, like, millimeters of movement. Uh, pretty cool, man. Uh, but the, and the, the idea here is that they're probably going to be targeting a Christmas release date for this. So you're probably able to pick up an Oculus Rift in the holiday season, but there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the VR space. Um, they have a really nice video on the Oculus VR site that kind of breaks down what's been happening ever since Oculus, the original dev kit came out. And like, apparently more virtual reality games have been made in the last year than were made in less 20 years combined. It's kind of crazy that like VR is finally coming to fruition with something that was like promised to us in like the nineties with mm-hmm. movies like first kid. Uh, but, uh, but it, I'm really excited about it, but that's not the only VR thing that's happening. In fact, Sony decided, Hey guys, let's dust off this thing we were working on. They have a new thing called Morpheus, which is going to be your PlayStation four enabled, uh, VR. Uh, headset and apparently it's not crappy either they did a really good job with it um and it's kind of an interesting thing because they are you know you're not gonna be able to get an oculus rift for your console uh, it's basically just going to be a pc based thing so um so sony's really carving out the market with the they're saying well if you have a ps3 then you want to get our morpheus so they're kind of pushing oculus out of the way which is a good move on their part, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if Microsoft does anything uh, similar or maybe if they try to contract with a third party. Um, and then the third one that came out, there's another one that came out of GDC. It's called the Game Face. And <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> yeah. It's an Ocul- It's basically an Oculus VR hacked headset that they put a um, Android-based console on. So you could play Android games directly onto your game face and you don't have to use you don't have to plug it into a computer or anything so it's like uh-huh. a nice self-contained little unit that'll be great on the bus <laughs> i just you know man i'm excited about this because i got to try the oculus rift at the uh at, at pax last year and i'm and I, be- I i believe in the tech but god it's gonna make nerds like you think google glass is nerdy no, I got my Google Glass over my Oculus Rift. <laughs> awesome. That's how good I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Are you excited for the VR trend, dude? I mean, I know you've been playing a lot of mobile gaming lately with your 2DS. Right. Like mobile gaming I don't, VR I don't need option. it to cover my whole face. Yeah. What I think would be cool is if, like, um, they put a camera on, like, Russell Wilson's helmet. Mm-hmm. And I could just watch through that camera on virtual reality and get like first person football. I feel like you'd get really sick. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a lot of like yeah. collapsing to the ground, well, suddenly I- looking up <laughs> at the sky. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that the you know, and I think this doesn't really come across a lot, but the one to one motion tracking is the thing that makes Oculus so amazing. Because like, as you turn your head, it turns it one to one in the world. Right. So. Um, so I know we talked about this before, but it's really interesting to me because I think once people get their hands on these and try them for like the first time that, and if they're at this affordable price, um, at like the $300 price tag, like, and then they'll probably go down from there. 
Um, I, once people try these, dude, they're gonna want it. They're gonna want one. This, I it's think, what this we is all a want deal. for war games, right? For first-person shooters. Yeah, first-person shooters for sure. Over yeah. since we were babies. Or, but even I like you say, like Madden, uh, like a Madden type experience. This could Bring be like back a, quarterback vision. Everyone <laughs> loved it. Yeah, no, I mean totally. Like you, if you're a quarterback and you actually have to look your look at your passers, like that's an amazing thing. Um, and then I feel like you know Oculus is also outside of the game space is going to be opening up a lot of things in, uh, like um, psychological testing or training yeah. or. Like there's this new game that came out. Uh, in, I put game in in uh, quotation marks here because they were showing it off at GDC, and all it does is it records kind of what your voice is doing, and then uh, and then like kind of plays it back to you in like a weird harmonized version, and then gives you like these splash screens that like run by your face, and they're like basically just trying to give you like a. Uh, hallucinogenic experience on really? a VR console. That's awesome. So you just I have a question. sit there like, going, oh, like on your couch for like two hours, tripping. Right. Um, what, isn't that like the Microsoft Media Player tried to do that it's, first? Yeah, it's exactly, it's basically the VR version of the Microsoft Media Player. Um, when, when you have an Oculus on, if you like, if you like tilt to the side, like list over, like you're trying to peek around a corner uh-huh. or something, does that register in game? Yes. So you can That's do things crazy. like, yeah. Okay, you... I got a great game. I've thought, I've kind of secretly always thought this should be a game. Uh huh. It's a game in quotes, kind of like, you know, all simulator games. I right. think there should be like an OSHA sponsored forklift simulator slash trainer. <laughs> yeah. That you can learn how to forklift correctly on. Yeah. And then if you, like, pass all the tests, you can, like, print out a certificate or whatever. Absolutely. Like, they could, like, they could do the, put these also in, like, driving classrooms so people yeah, can learn yeah. how to drive. And... For driving forklifts. Yeah. But the, yeah, you could do uh, driving car, forklifts. Cars yeah, cars as well. Um, but mostly forklift. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. Like I said, like, this, you could do a lot of different trainings and simulators on these. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, like a, I think like an X-wing type game on the Oculus yeah, that Rift would be, would be sweet. like the most awesome thing. Because the demo, I did two demos at PAX, and one of them was the Hawken demo where you're like going around in mechs and shooting stuff. And that was okay, um, but it wasn't in uh, full HD, and um, it was a little, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Um, just because like the game isn't that good. But then the other one that they put me in was actually one that I didn't get to control, but I was just sitting in an indie car driving around a track and it got like kind of trippy, but it was, it was really cool. Like racing games for Oculus are going to be great as well. Single um, guys who live alone. Yeah. And own Oculus are going to get robbed constantly. <laughs> They'll never take it off. People just be able to walk in the house and yeah. take everything. <laughs> Except the Oculus Rift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's gonna be some dude who's gonna like play Oculus Rift for like four hours, take it off, and then his whole house is emptied out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> his girlfriend left him. Yeah, his TV's up on blocks. Yeah. <laughs> they stole the TV base. That's where the value is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited for this, man. Like I said, probably the end of the year, um, we'll start seeing these things come to market. So you're gonna have Steam machines. You're gonna have Oculus Rift dropping in like the same window. This could be big, man. This could be a big, big deal. Just saying. 
I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this VR trend. Uh, but I'm not super excited about how I will look with the thing on my head. Are, yeah, do you think you're going to get one? I think I'm going to have to get one, dude. I They're don't so think this cool. is something that I need in my life. I just feel like, and I feel like it's going to open up. Like, I, I would not be surprised if you start seeing, like, entertainment experiences that are tailored to these, like movies. Like, if you're building a 3D world, like, something like Fallout on an Oculus Rift, you could basically just put it into a movie mode and, like, right. walk through a movie. Or, you know, we talked about before, like, imagine, like, if you're, like, a legionnaire in, in ancient Rome going into a battle against the Gauls. And you're like putting up your shield and stuff. Like you- that would be boring as hell, though. <laughs> no, Those but battles it- weren't as exciting as you might think. If you put it, if you put it, if you're in a movie context instead of a game context, and you put character development around it and everything, um, like this could be like a really interesting dawn of like second person movies where the characters in the movie are talking to you the whole time. Right. Like, there's some pretty cool things that I think could happen out of out of the Oculus Rift. So Yeah, it's it's kind of the like I said, the thing we've all been drooling over. Yeah. And trying is believing, dude. All you gotta do is try it once and you're like, Yeah, it I'm in. It works. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah. Um so yeah, Oculus and uh, and like I said, we got the game face coming out for the bus. <laughs> I don't know how you're not gonna miss your stop. They <laughs> gotta need to, have a timer. They, yeah, they need to put a thing in there that'll tell you like what this. You need your Google Glass in there to tell you what stop you're at. Yeah, exactly. You wear the Google Glass under the game face. Yeah, exactly. Put in maps mode. <laughs> All right, buddy. What's your second topic? I got some science. Here we talk. go. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs. Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great, Great stuff. stuff. Great stuff, dude. So, um, apparently, in a few years, your chair that you're sitting on right now, playing Oculus Rift uh, uh, on top of, uh-huh. could be made of living material. Yeah, I've heard about this. According to a team of MIT boffins who have worked, <laughs> worked out how to get bacteria to help them manufacture items. Yeah. The, break, the breakthrough was announced on Sunday in the synthesis and patterning of tunable, multi-scale materials with engineered cells academic paper published in Nature. Love that article, man. So um, what this guy is saying, uh, Dr. Timothy Liu... Or professor, MIT associate professor. So I don't know, not a doctor. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. If that probably means. a doctor. If you're a professor at MIT, probably have a doctorate. But he's only an associate professor. Oh, associate doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what we've been able to achieve here is use living cellular communities to organize and make non-living material systems. Yeah. My thought is that the tools of synthetic biology can be used to program cellular systems to make new materials from the bottom up. Yeah, it's pretty like I've heard something about this like they they're talking about building bridges like out of this material and then the bridges will fix their own cracks. That's what I've always wanted. Yeah. Fuck bridges. <laughs> Seriously. I want it guys. for my car. No, totally. I want my car to be able to heal. Yeah, that's what they're talking about, like, healable materials. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, 
yeah, I guess I've gotten the first steps of actually making materials out of uh, living things. That's bacteria. Crazy. They're using bacteria to produce <laughs> biofilms, as they call it. Your chair is alive. Yeah, I think it's sweet. I, the healing thing yeah. is what really, I mean, that would change everything. And if right. if you're anything you have, like your like your drywall was able to heal yeah. if you accidentally put a hole in it. Like your drywall or like the foundation of your house would be mm-hmm. really good. You know, if your foundation cracks, it'll heal itself. Exactly. Um, yeah, anything. In your house. I mean, if you punch a hole in it, I don't know if it'll heal a hole. This is a there funny might be thing. Some like, scar. Yeah, are you going to have to, like. Tissue. Yeah, is it going to have, like, a scar, or is it going to have. You have to put a cast on it? Like a <laughs> band aid over it? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's wild stuff, but, like, this is something that. Uh, actually, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about this recently. About, like, how was. it's kind of like the future of things is that they'll just fix themselves. Right should be just I'm amazing. Super stoked on this. I'm super stoked on it too, but don't you think that it might lead to people just breaking stuff all the time for fun? People already break stuff all the time. <laughs> That's true. Me being one of them, yeah. not for fun. <laughs> just all the time. So, uh he says given this breakthrough what could uh potential application of this research field be is a living chair. <laughs> a living chair, huh? But we're not we're not exactly at um, self driving self healing automobiles. <laughs> I you know call me crazy, but I don't really understand why you need a, a chair that repairs itself. Well, he says everything around us is pretty much dead. Right. Imagine having a chair where you sit on it for a long time and it remodels to support areas of stress. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's fat, Eric. Yeah, but like, you could just buy a new chair when it breaks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much is this material? Like, I, I assume this would be a very expensive chair. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, at first, but after all the breakthroughs, right. it'll be cheap. Uh-huh. You can 3D print your own self-driving, healable chair. <laughs> so you can put your Oculus print, yeah. Rift on, put your, put your feet up on your self-driving, healable ottoman, and just be like, take me to the refrigerator please oh, you never man. have to stop playing halo <laughs> and even that the warthogs and halo are better because they heal now exactly <laughs> so oh, man. yeah this is that. what your armor is made out of in halo mm, that explains it, it explains it no the, you know another thing with the oculus rift i think is which will be weird is like you get like like you got to assume that they're going to start making 360 webcams so that you could put on your Rift and then Skype with somebody and, like, be in their living room? Yeah. <laughs> like, look around? I mean, can you just make a 360 camera? Yeah. Well, it would be... It would probably be a series of cameras that are splicing an image together. Right. So it wouldn't move around with your head. It would just be... You, you would so be like, able to place it on wherever, you know. You'd be in my living room, but if I if I walk from one camera to the next, I get all wonky in between them. I think it would probably stitch together pretty nicely. Because they already do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Pretty badass. So self-healing chairs and Oculus Rifts. And then I I have my (laughs) Oculus Rift on and I'm in your living room. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, (laughs) then I'm walking around I bump into the wall. 
break it, oh, it starts healing. There you go. The weird part, though, is when your wall is just like, ow! Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. What happens when your wall experiences pain? Because, you know, being able to self-heal, like, pain is a big part of that, because it basically tells you when you're healed. Right, yeah, totally. So does that mean that these items are now going to be hurt? Yeah, my my house is bummed out. Why? <laughs> well, someone r- backed into it. And, uh, exactly. Now it's on Vicodin's. <laughs> and, this uh, is really it's interesting. A, it's got a pretty bad addiction. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's addicted to Oxy. Yeah, it's like they OxyClean. OxyClean. Oh. Yeah, B- Billy uh, Billy Mace. Um, they it it is interesting though because like if you say you have like the foundation of your house and it gets cracked in one area, that means that the other areas around it should should be under more stress if that section loses right loses mm-hmm. its uh integrity which means right. that with this cellular buildup not only is that could they fix that crack but then it's also going to help make the other parts of it stronger so that they can deal with the stress i think that's kind of what they're talking about with this chair analogy yeah exactly pretty cool stuff man the future is now we have one as a species <laughs> yeah exactly that that's when like the uh space robot show up and just destroy us yeah well we're all you guys our got riffs. too comfortable we're all just on our oculus rifts and they just move in uh-huh we stole your tv bases <laughs> deal with it <laughs> on earth exactly oh all right man well uh is that that's all for science news this week mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. well uh we're gonna get to the facebook roundup but before we do let's talk about baldmove.com guys baldmove.com it's your place for podcasts of all shapes and sizes it includes uh, the podcast we're talking about right now, uh, Personal Arrogance. It also includes things like The Watching Dead. Um, it includes things like The Because Show, which is uh, the ladies down there in Sa- uh, Los Angeles. It includes Up Yours Downstairs, covering everything Edwardian, including, uh, but not limited to, uh, uh, Downton Abbey. Um, there's a Bald Movies uh, podcast up right now for Need for Speed. There, uh, Aaron and Jim are talking about doing more Bald Movies uh, podcast over the summer. Uh, the True Detective season one wrap up is on there. Um, God, House of Cards. If you're watching that, they did a podcast for each of the episodes of that show. This is a bunch of stuff. Baldmove.com, guys, check it out. Um, and then you can always get in touch with us. We are at uh, personalarrogance at gmail.com, as we said before. You can also give us a call, leave us a voicemail three six zero three six two zero zero two four. We are on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, and we are on the Bald Move Facebook page. You can hit us up on both, like us on both. Um, and, uh, we're also on Twitter at personal podcast and we are also on iTunes. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't done so already, uh, because that helps us a lot. It helps promote the show and, uh, and we always appreciate it a ton. Uh, and as we talked before, we are, we have our own Facebook page, personal Arrogance Facebook page. Each week we post on there saying, Hey, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? You put it on there. We talk about it in a little segment we call the Facebook roundup. Here it is. Jesse, you ready? Mm-hmm. Rolo Tomasi, probably still my favorite name of our listeners. Rolo Tomasi sounds like a futuristic Star Wars character or something. Um, he says, "Have you guys seen Birdemic? It's bonkers." Yeah, I saw it. I it was hard to watch. <laughs> I, I like so bad it's good movies, but yeah. that was offensive. <laughs> I've I haven't seen it, but I listened to the "How did this get made?" on it, so I feel God, like I've seen the it. Sound. The sounds they use is grating. <laughs> Don't watch it with headphones. 
Um, <laughs> or on your Oculus Rift. Yeah. Uh, Mitch says, waffles or pancakes? I'm a pancake man myself. Uh, Call me a flapjack sweet. Yeah, I'm going with flapjacks, I think. Uh, Rolla Tomasi says, what is the deal with pants? I'm just going to let that one lie, Rollo. <laughs> there uh, you go. Jim says, uh, Mitch, mind if I up the ante and include French toast to your question? Uh, I'm sure if we put some thought to it, we could come up with the final four of elite eight, or elite eight of breakfast delicacies. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we need uh, we need James Patterson to get on that. Get our breakfast uh, bracket. That's what <laughs> we're doing breakfast next. Breakfast bracket. The brack. The breakfast. The breakfast. Love it. Uh, so yeah, throw in the French toast, Jesse. Still going with pancakes? Yeah. I think pancakes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna defect the French toast. Uh, Christian says, Eric, I purchased all of your comic suggestions and I've loved every one. I'm sitting down now to read Saga Volume 3. It seems that a Venn diagram of our comic taste would be a circle. So do you have any other suggestions? I don't. I want to catch up on Snyder, uh, Snyder's Batman, but uh, I've kind of, I've, I've been lagging lately in my comic stuff. I need to get back into it. Uh, but I'll let you know, Christian. I'll let you know when I got some sugs. Um, Matt says, favorite non-alcoholic drink. I think I'm drinking it right now. I love the uh, the ginger ale. Uh, coffee, obviously. Yeah. Coffee, obviously, if you're addicted to it, just like I am with the uh, ginger ale. Uh, Mitch says, I can quit anytime I want, except for 48 hours after I had. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Mitch says, oh, God, this breakfast is really going. He says, Jim, how did I forget about French toast? Yes, I also wanted to ask bacon or sausage or ham. Let's figure out the best breakfast combo. Um, God, this topic is becoming huge. Um, <laughs> I'm going with bacon, though. I think it's I'm pretty going obvious. with bacon. You know, if I get the choice, if I'm at a restaurant and I get the choice, I go with sausage. Really? Uh, if it's link sausage, I don't like mm. patty sausage. Interesting. Yeah, well, this is definitely needs to come down to a debate here. Um, but I, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of like restaurant bacon is like shitty bacon but the sausage links are more consistent that's true you gotta get you gotta, you gotta find good bacon right um mitch says he also has his comic recommendation he says christian you should try reading the miniseries a miniseries like scott snyder's the wake uh or if you're into classic superheroes try out batman hush or year one i would second all of those uh scott snyder is the guy who's currently writing batman and uh wake is his New miniseries. I think it's about like crazy mermaids that are demonic or something. I won't. It sounds cool. Um, <laughs> and then finally, God, breakfast for dinner now. Uh, while on topic, I'd like to hear the guy's opinion on breakfast for dinner. I happen to be a I big don't fan. Do it. I don't do it either, man. I like salads and stuff for dinner. Sometimes I eat a salad for breakfast. Now that's just weird. <laughs> All right, that's our Facebook roundup this week. Jesse, what's your first reco? Oh, I'm going to uh, continue to direct people over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Rosavina Pottery, R-O-S-E-A-V-E-N-A Pottery. That's my wife's uh, online pottery store. We've gotten a couple of sales um, from around the country, thanks to you listeners, and it helps support me and my family in this podcast. And you better get there soon before uh, gold member listener John O'Brien snags up all the best stuff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then my first record this week is going to be the podcast Shut Up and Sit Down. I've talked about Shut Up and Sit Down a lot. They, they're a really solid couple of guys out of England that do uh, 
a lot of board game news. They have a blog. They put up videos, uh, review videos and playthrough videos. They also have a podcast that they release every three weeks, and there's about uh, 12 or 13 episodes of it up now. So uh, it's a good back catalog. If you want to learn more about board games, it's a great resource. So shut up and sit down. Just with your Seco Topo. Second I'm going to recommend uh, new episodes of Bar Rescue Love are it. happening right now. Love that show. You can get them on Spike.com, or you can watch it Sunday nights at 9, which is what I'm about to do. Nice. Sunday night at 9. Awesome. And then I am uh, going to recommend a show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I've been watching on Hulu Plus, that I've been binging on. Is that the on. one with the uh, SNL guy? Yeah, Andy Samberg. I mean, it's like not like the greatest show I've ever seen, but I've, I've been pouring through the episodes. I like the characters. It's kind of like Sweet. The Office, but in Cops in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, so anyway, that's the show, so guys. nothing like The Office. So nothing at all like it. It's just geographically close, like three hours away from where The Office is set. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week for another episode of the Personal Air Goods Podcast. And uh, everybody out there, remember that wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. Boop, <laughs> boop,